0: Sound of Hockey episode two sixty seven. We're calling this one the Kirill Kaprizov episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Well, Kirill the Thrill is that his nickname? Uh, Dollar Bill Kirill okay. is my preferred. Okay. I have a T shirt that says Dollar Bill Kirill, but he does go by Kirill the Thrill according to like the media. Okay, there. All right. Well, he
1: has two hundred and sixty seven career NHL points so far. Wow. And he doesn't have a. More importantly, he doesn't have a game in the next two days. So okay. it will
0: by the time this is published it will still be relevant alright no, well that's good no, like, um, way uh, to get ahead of that yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be known that I had nothing to do with that pick
1: I, well you know what there was a there's a long time we discussed him and the rules around him coming over and then it was the rookie of the year kind of discussion if it was too old to be considered so. and then
0: he was like trapped in Russia that's for right, a while I right. to clandestinely get out of there when you say Russia it actually like Florida, I guess. Training. No, he went. That's not what happened. He he went to Florida. He was like found in Florida. Basically, he had to like sneak out of Russia because they were holding him to he like hadn't completed his military thing. So they were going to send him into the military after the war started.
1: Nobody knew where he was, and then all of a sudden he's been like training in Florida for a couple months. That's when he hadn't signed his RFA contract.
0: Oh, that's a different thing, I think. <laughs> See, we that was we've a different thing. Spent a lot of time talking about Kaprizov, right? Yeah, we have. So I wonder Rightfully, why. I wonder, he's why. A very good player. <laughs> Although he had <laughs> <laughs> he has, uh, he has struggled a little bit at times this season, but I think he's picked it up as have. The Minnesota Wild, but this is not a Minnesota Wild podcast. This is a no, Seattle is Kraken podcast. It's the sound of hockey. In fact, uh, I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined as always by John Barr. Hello, John.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm NHL to Seattle on the Twitter, I guess.
0: And also Curtis Izaki. Hello, Curtis. Hi, everyone. Deep Sea Hockey on the Twitter. And we are not coming to you from Bardown Studios. We are remote for one more episode here, uh, as Curtis is still in Maine, which. Um, is maine technically uh has it left the united states at this point or is it still no nope. part of S- still
2: still still part of it uh, you have to check one of the periodically you got to send up you know kind of a donkey north from boston yep. to find out why a donkey <laughs> because you don't you,
0: you can't bring a car up here let's see okay. you're gonna ruin your <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay that's a pretty good reason yeah. i didn't get the reference there it was like I thought it was kind of like, yeah, I got to send up a flare. Like, I got to send up a donkey. So I just didn't get <laughs> why it was a donkey, but that actually makes perfect yeah. sense. It's just literally for being able to move across the terrain. Can't do that with a vehicle. You need some sort of burro. We do have a couple of reviews to share with you, which is great because I think I may have uh, – Given the listeners a hard time in airing of grievances last week. Am I right? Yeah. It's confirmed. Yeah, yeah they responded. Yeah. They were they responded in a pretty big way here. Uh, Fighting Saint says, Love the pod, five stars in addition to great crack and hockey analysis. There are enough random Minnesota hockey comments to make this Minnesota transplant feel at home in Seattle. We've already had one on there the show. You go. There um, you go. That was a genuine coincidence. Love the show, says F Nordish, or maybe F Nordish. Love the show. Yes, I am surprised I wait eagerly for a show where they discuss their favorite X's of the week. Thanks a lot, Musk. (laughs) Yes, I am still miffed about Minnesota waited till 2000 for a team right next to Hartford Whalers talk. Events aired, I guess. I'm not quite sure I understand what that means. Uh, Another Minnesota reference, no by the way. Yeah. The, yep, the guys know hockey, the Kraken, and make it fun to listen to them. Now, where is that link to Patreon? Oh, well, glad you asked. It's at patreon.com soundofhockey sound uh, of hockey. And then Cloppy J says delicious. When I'm thirsty, I look to grab a delicious New spotted cow, quite possibly the best craft beer in the nation, and easily the best farmhouse ale I've ever had. Nearly naked is just as good, but only available seasonally since the they only sell their beer in wisconsin it makes it difficult to enjoy in the seattle area ding dong this podcast is good um <laughs> i can confirm that new Glaris does make some fine ales uh that is definitely a couple of the beers that i would uh imbibe upon when i was at school in wisconsin and uh i can also tell you that i had a spotted cow just last week and it still holds up also a funny story about spotted cow uh, when I lived in New York there was a Wisconsin bar like for Wisconsin alumni and uh, the Wisconsin alumni bar was like illegally importing kegs of spotted cow for a while and they got <laughs> they got caught they would like have somebody like drive it from Wisconsin um, for the authentic beer pickup and um, yeah I think they got caught and like had to stop doing it or something I don't know Whatever. Um, Real
1: quick, hey, I met our poet reviewer oh. last week. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh-huh. Anyway, I just want to shout out to him. It was uh, a nice surprise. Uh, anyway, and so we played hockey did, together.
0: Did you know it? Yeah, I remember. He was it. the poet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he
1: told me he was the poet. <laughs> I
0: got it. Darren. That was a joke. Okay. John, yeah.
1: John didn't
2: get no, it right over his. I don't like the laugh.
0: Uh, it's a good episode. We have an interview with none other than the mask painter for Joey Decord, Shifty. Uh, Joey had told us at some point that we needed to get him on, so we got him on, and it's a fun chat. So I think, um, I I think Joey somebody... told
1: us when he was in Charlotte. That's when he told mm-hmm. us we should get him, so it's taken a couple
0: of years uh, to get him mm-hmm. on. but Yeah, it was just hard to track down, <laughs> yeah. you know? No, um... I don't know. We just, just one day I was like, you know what? We should really do that. He told us to talk to him long ago and we never actually did it. So, um, but yeah, you'll hear some funny little Joey tidbits in there that I think you'll appreciate. So, um, I, loved including it. I love the conversation. that conversation. Yeah, including something that he's afraid of, which I think is funny. <laughs> um, it's been an interesting week. The Kraken have been kind of rolling all of a sudden and I'm starting to wonder if they might be kind of good again. Mostly, I think a, a big Part of the change has been, A, the Tomash Tatar trade has worked out really well. I think it's brought some nice chemistry to that top line with Matty Beneers and Jordan Eberly. Both Eberly and Beneers are suddenly playing pretty well. Um, so clearly that has been working. Uh, And then they're also getting fantastic goaltending. Joey Decord has been absolutely on fire, like 940-ish save percentage, I think, over these seven games. And uh, then Chris Drieger comes in for one game against the Calgary Flames. uh, And he also plays outstanding in that game. I think he was 37 of 38 on the night for shots on goal. So um, interesting stuff there. And they've now won three in a row for the first time all season. So there you go. They're doing it. Are they doing it? I think they're doing it. Seems like they're doing it.
1: I'm feeling pretty good, honestly. It's it's uh, very enjoyable to watch Kraken hockey right now. A little nerve-wracking. It's a heck of
0: a lot more, enjo- yeah. more enjoyable than it
1: was three weeks ago. Games have been tight, right? Um, so it's a little nerve-wracking still. Uh, but, you know, one thing I, I called out in the three takeaways from the Calgary game is scoring first. And they've been doing it a lot lately. And winning those games. It's something that they actually did a lot early in the season, but were losing games uh, when scoring first. So nice to see that, which is a kind of returning to normal, if you will. So yes,
2: definitely good to see that. Yeah, I I think you touched on the two right things, Darren. I mean, Tomas Tatar, I think is five goals for zero against while on the ice with the Kraken so far. I mean, that's can't do much better than that. And, uh, did
1: you just give us a a plus minus rating without saying plus minus and
2: and the, uh, and the, if you want to, if you want to get a little bit more analytical, John, uh, the expected goal models definitely back it up too. he's, he's driving play, um, uh, I think he's like plus 1.5 expected goals while on the ice with the Kraken. So uh, good stuff there. He's clicking with his line with Matty Beneers. And then the goaltending has been top notch. I'm maybe a little bit more reserved on whether this is a turnaround, whether the Kraken are good now compared with what they were before. Uh, but I will agree with you both that it's been a lot more fun to watch this than it was a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So points in seven straight, uh, 5 0 oh, 2 during that stretch, and then wins in three straight, which is exciting. The three wins have come against the Los Angeles Kings, the Anaheim, <laughs> the Nem, an Ducks, and the Calgary Flames uh, 2 1, 3 2, 2 1. All three games have been kind of similar in a way. To your point, John, they've been scoring first. They're tight games. They're playing. Pretty good defensively, although they gave up a decent amount of shot quality in that Calgary game. Um, But the goaltending has really been a a big piece of it. It's one of those where it's like they get ahead or they score first and then they kind of are willing to accept shots on goal against uh, but trying to keep it to the outside, and it seems to be working, right? They're getting the, just enough opportunistic scoring right now. They're getting the saves from their goalies, um, and they're getting pretty good defense too. So top to bottom, I mean, this is a winning formula. We've seen that when they play this way, they do win. That's been the, the case in all three seasons for the Seattle Kraken. If they can get those three things, opportunistic scoring, good structured defense, good goaltending, they win games. Um, so they're doing it. They're figuring it out. Interestingly, they're doing it without – some key players, which we're going to talk about in a moment, um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's all good, positive signs right now, and just in time for the old Winter Classic, which is rolling into town. The circus has officially arrived. Uh, it's interesting, I think, and and uh, I put a little video out today on um, on Twitter, and also uh, it's on TikTok. Follow us on on TikTok. Look at now. us. Look at us. Yeah, um, but I put a little video out there, just kind of talking about how interesting it is that we're in this position, right? If, if the winter classic had happened three weeks ago, this would have been like the most dud of an event, I think, because the mood around the Kraken was just so low. I don't think anyone in the hockey world was really like expecting anything from them. Uh, at that point, it was like, wow, they're not going anywhere time to start like trading people away, whatever. Uh, and they've gone in the opposite direction. Now they went with an eight game losing streak, followed that up with a seven game point streak, and you're starting to think like, OK, this team is, is fun to watch. Um, meanwhile, you're like, OK, well, they're playing against Vegas looking ahead a few weeks. They're getting absolutely smoked in that game. Vegas has been struggling now. So it's like two teams kind of going in the opposite directions. It's so funny how the how the ebbs and flows happen in the course of a season. And I just I couldn't help thinking about that, that if this big event had happened like a couple weeks ago, just how different the sentiment around it would have been.
1: Yeah, I think you hit it on the head there, right? Because, you know, I look at the Winter Classic as a as a time to celebrate hockey being in the area. Uh, but it's been a tough two weeks prior to, you know, or uh, to start December. It's been, been a rough stretch. And so it's not like we're, like, eager to celebrate anything, even though, like, uh, you know, we're still psyched that hockey's here. We still support the team. But with morale low, it's just hard to get up for a game like that. So I would totally agree with you. Yeah, I think
2: the Winter Classic would have been kind of maybe – looked at as kind of a last hurrah before the just kind of <laughs> the sell-off, the, the sell-off talk began. It's like kind of, we're going to wait. <laughs> Everyone's going to respectfully wait through that. And then January, we would have just been talk about who you're going to sell and for how much. Uh, and they've been able to point it back in the other direction. I mean, beating Calgary is a big one, right? Uh, they were level in the standings and Calgary had a game in hand to be able to beat them. You know, that's, that could be big when you're looking towards the end of the year. So Obviously, points in seven straight games, uh, big move, uh,
0: good for the vibes, good for the standings. I do want to dig into these (laughs) good for the vibes, good for the standings. (laughs) That was good. Um, That might be the title of the show if you haven't read it already, good for the vibes, good for the standings. Um, But yeah, I think I do want to dig into the games just a little bit. I know we've changed the way that we're doing this just slightly recently, but I just want to talk a little bit about some of the more unique things that happened. Like, for example, Joey Decord ties his friend, his own franchise record with saves in the Kings game. Uh, Jordan Arbery scores a great goal in that game. And they had the thing where Justin Schultz had been scratched. They put him back in for a game for Riker Evans. He has the fumble on the shorthanded goal where Joey Decord tried to pass it to him. He fumbled the puck. Easy goal for the Kings. That's the lone goal that they score. He also took a penalty late in the game, and then all of a sudden he scratched again for Riker Evans the next game, which I thought was very interesting. Um, next game, you have uh, two goals by that Tatar, Baneers, and Vince Dunn combo, although uh, Jordan Eberly was involved, but just really elite plays to create those goals. You know, that that play where it was Tatar makes a little pass. And actually, it started with Eberly in the defensive. No, take that back. Start with Beneers in the defensive zone, stealing a puck, giving it to Eberle. Eberle finds Tatar in the neutral zone. Tatar comes over the blue line, hits the brakes, dishes to Beneers. Beneers makes a beautiful little saucer pass to done, Dunn, and it's wide open like it could <laughs> yeah, not yeah, have yeah. been. Yeah. right. If you look at that play going all the way back to when Maddie steals that puck, it's like, wow. That is like a perfect hockey play, 200 feet, the length of the ice, I think five different touches on it. And it's like, bang, bang, bang. It's in the net. Nothing you can do if you are the Anaheim Ducks on that one. We also had the Trevor Zegris uh, Michigan goal in this one, which we, I, can, I don't know. Do we want to talk about it? I yeah, it was sure. I mean, I've never impressive. seen
1: one against my team. So, yeah. That's, right. That's fine.
0: Absolutely not. And, did and you- he did it? Did you see? <laughs> he the, did it in a cool way. Yeah, he you did it in first. a cool way.
1: Well, I, I
2: want to set you up, but did you see there was a pregame interview before that game? Yes, where yes. the reporter <laughs> asked asked for a lacrosse goal, and he was like, oh, "Yeah, I'll try. All I can do if is if there's an opportunity." And there was. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty awesome.
0: And he went out and he did it and he did it. And the thing with like the toe of the blade, I thought was yeah. uh, kind of unique all in one fell swoop It was the same day that Connor Bedard had also scored a Michigan goal. So that might've taken away some of the luster, but I thought that Zegers was cooler. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were both pretty cool. They were both <laughs> pretty cool. And then in the flames game, um, we got to talk about the Chris Drieger storybook. So in this one, again, there's two just fantastic plays to get the goals The first one, uh, you had Vince Dunn like falling and somehow making a 100-foot pass directly onto the tape of Kyler Yamamoto a couple minutes into the game. Unbelievable pass, right? Just shows why Vince Dunn is such a valuable defenseman in terms of being able to get the puck up ice. And then you have uh, Jared McCann goes into the zone. Similar level of sauce on this particular pass that uh, Beneers had in the game two two games earlier. Um, But he gives it to Wenny. Wenny, like, pretty quick. Looks up, sees that his pass is cut off, and just fires it over the shoulder of Jacob Markstrom. And he pointed out after the game that he thought Markstrom might have been cheating a little bit because Brandon Tana was going hard to the net. But Wenberg, I mean, perfect decision there to see that he doesn't have the pass to the back door, just fired at the net, right? And uh he hits just the perfect spot. So beautiful couple of plays there but really the story of this game was Chris Drieger playing his first game since May 1st of 2022 Uh, he tore his ACL soon after that at the world championship long road back right and you feel for him he's one of the nicest guys in the organization he's really really great to deal with Um, and you know he he's had to really pay his dues now comes back from that ACL injury last season gets sent to Coachella doesn't get to play right Decord was just just owning the goal crease Joe, and Chris Drieger just doesn't get to play, so he finally gets a chance to come up. He said it was an emotional thing for him to um, to have that game, and he played fantastic, man, a lot of really great saves in the game. So um, stick taps to him. That was a pretty pretty cool one. Yeah, if you're looking at you know the expected goal models, I think it was you know
2: by various sites it was the strongest goaltending performance of the season based on the shot quality he faced and and what he gave up. Uh, so to come up and do that uh, when the emotions are high, that first game back, it's I mean you got to take your hat off to him or give him the Davy Jones hat, which which they did. Uh, and he and he even said in that moment how much it meant to him that his his teammates were you know. Felt that about him in his return. So it was just a
1: great feeling all the way around.
2: Very happy. And even even the Agreed. goal
1: that was allowed, that he allowed, was like kind of a fluky mix-up. Yeah, something could have happened. He could have covered it or something, but it was kind of a freaky incident. So yeah, uh, good for him. It, you know what's tricky here, though, is like after the Winter Classic, the Kraken have something like two games in eight days. And so like the thought of, of Drieger getting another start is it, I mean, like, how do you fit them in to like see if this is just a flash in the pan or this is a new Chris Drieger or, or whatever? But, um, something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, I, and I think that's interesting. Yeah.
0: That's a good segue to our next topic, which is the injury updates because Philip Grubauer was spotted at practice on Thursday. I didn't go to practice today. I basically just didn't know the cracker were practicing. I was flying back from Minnesota and then I just kind of blew it. I went straight Mailed to T Mobile Park, yeah. didn't even realize. Yeah. I didn't mail it oh, in. I, I would have gone if I had realized. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess the, the word around the campfire, that was that Grubauer is there skating with Steve Brier separately from the team. But I don't know if we should read into this or not. Should we read into this? Well, he was wearing, we are a he was wearing his winter podcast, classic gear. So I think it's it's okay to talk talk about it. Let's read into it. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. He was wearing his winter classic gear. Uh,
1: that I wouldn't read into.
0: Yeah, it seems like, you know, if it is what we think, think it
2: is, which is another groin injury. I feel like there's a kind of ramp up period. I mean, it it seems like he's, to me, it would seem, if this is truly his, like, highest level of work on the ice to this point, I would think he's still a couple weeks away. I mean, you tell me,
0: Darren, goalie expert. Uh, I've never injured my groin while playing (laughs) NHL hockey, so fair enough <laughs> so I don't know but yeah I mean I I know that like it took him a long time to come back last time he had and we don't know if it's the same injury that he had last time but it did take him a while um, to come back from that last one which looked similar I thought to this one but yeah I, it's it's just kind of interesting to me and John to your point without many games coming after the world world classic the winter classic <laughs> um, it is gonna be it is gonna be tough to get him back in there especially I mean Decord's playing great, right? So, like, I was surprised, actually, that they gave him this start coming off of a three-day holiday break. It seemed like, obviously, Decord was going to start if they were going to play Drieger. To me, it would have made more sense to play him in this game Friday against Philadelphia. But, yeah, they decided to throw him in there. I think Haxtell kind of said, you know what, good as, as good a time as any, pretty much, um, threw him in, and he got rewarded. He played fantastic in the game. And that's all we have to say, though. <laughs>
2: well, that. yeah, I mean, I, I suppose there is one one more topic that maybe we want to put a little pin in, but I Jumping. mean, you know, Philip not Grubauer, a if, not a stake, a couple weeks, a pinito. If, if he's back within a couple weeks, uh, Joey Decord has been playing really well. I mean, you start to wonder, is this more of a, you know, what happens with Chris Drieger at that point? And is this more of a goalie tandem situation for the foreseeable future until someone just shows that they, you know, that they belong in net if, if we are hopefully headed in the direction of a playoff push or, or playoffs. What do you guys think
0: about that? I mean, that's what happened last year, right, is Grubauer came back from injury. Martin Jones had played great for long stretches, and then they just go with whoever they thought was going to give them the best chance to win. You know, if they won a game, they'd stick with that guy. If they lost and the goalie gave up a couple bad goals, they'd switch it next game. So that's what I think we end up going to. Um, But, yeah, we'll see. It is worth keeping an eye on. I think it, you know, the plot thickens here, and it thickens even more well, A, it was already a thick plot uh, with two C's (laughs) because uh, Decord was playing great, right? It's like, there's already the thick plot there, but then you factor in Drieger and I know he only played one game, but like he played great. Yeah, He played objectively really, really well in that game. And now it's like, well, you know, this guy's an NHL goalie. Like he just showed that he can play NHL hockey and be successful at this level, even if it's only for one game. Like that's a Still a pretty good tryout, you know. So I don't know. I think uh it's it's really gonna be interesting to keep an eye on the goalies here. Obviously, what ultimately happens is Dreger gets sent back down. But yeah, I don't know. Another I, I just another
1: kind of little twist here, and Curtis uh, helped me out here. He might require wait uh waivers again if he's with the with the club, I think another ten days or so. I forget exactly when he came up, but there might be a scenario where he has to to clear waivers again. And I think there's a pretty good chance that he does because of his contract and the limit, like you said, during the limited sample size that that teams have to go on. But there's also a scenario where a team's interested and and willing to to trade for him. If there's a couple, you know, there are a couple rumored teams to be looking for goalies. And so it'd be be interesting. But the sample size, I, I don't know if that really can happen based on the current situation, what we know so far. I don't think there's a team that's willing to take that chance. Uh, I, I
2: would agree. I just consulted yield database. And uh, John, you are correct. A- about another 10 days, he'll be subject to waivers. So, um, you know, with Grubauer coming back, maybe those timelines sync up, maybe they don't. And we might be having a pretty interesting uh, conversation about what happens with Chris
0: Trieger in a couple weeks. Yeah, and yeah, answer to your earlier question, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes uh, Grubauer's groin about nine days to heal. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be a coincidence? Other injury updates. Interesting. Uh, Andre Burakovsky was a full participant, not even wearing a red jersey, which has been the case for a little while now. Um, I don't think they're going to, like, rush him back. I think they're going to very much take their time with him based on what's happened in the past. Um, Jaden Schwartz was back wearing a red jersey, also. Um, so that's really positive signs. Nothing on Pierre edouard Belmar yet, but like when you think about who those those key players are, getting closer and closer. Once you see them, once you see them start practicing with the team, returning is pretty imminent, right? Like it's going to happen at some point in the next few weeks. You'd assume. Um, now all of a sudden, like the team has kind of figured it out without these guys. I love the idea of now factoring in. Key players, right? Like guys that they should be relying on, and all of a sudden they're going to look pretty deep. Especially now that you've added in Tatar to that mix. That sounded interesting, didn't it? Tatar <laughs> adding in <laughs> Tatar to that mix. I love that they call him Tuna. By the way, it's Tuna Tatar. Yeah, it's yeah. Fan- yeah. fantastic nickname. But yeah, I just it's it's interesting. I think this is kind of what you envision from this team: is you add in one guy, there's a little bit of a trickle down, and now all of a sudden they're super deep, and um, they're. They're looking like they might be super deep when these guys start to come back, assuming, knock on wood, that uh, nobody else gets hurt. So,
1: Well, and, that, and yeah. that you also have some roster decisions to make as far as like who's playing and who who's on the fourth line. I mean, they're probably a little early to speculate. But if all these guys come back, particularly Schwartz and Berkowski, which are Berkowski's, I think, pretty close. Schwartz might be a little bit of a wh- little further out because he's, he's technically on LTIR. Uh, but the fact that he's back on the ice, if those two guys draw in, two people need to draw out. Now, the easy one is Devin Shore, right? Uh, who's in? Who's kind of like a stand-in for Belmar right now. But w- who's the next guy to come out? I mean, have you guys thought about that at all? Well, I mean, they would be with eight defensemen. I mean, that's... You know, I'm thinking the forwards it. though, right? Like I'm yeah. not really worried about the roster spots, but... Oh, um, in terms of who's in the lineup, you mean? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah it's kind of got to be like a Cartier, right? Yeah, has you got to gotta get back to that Cartier <laughs> That's versus that, Yamamoto that, it, opening day dilemma. Yeah, and, Yama, and yeah.
1: Yamamoto's been playing well and Cartier's had moments as well. So like, but Yamamoto, I think, has been a little bit more consistent of a contributor so far this season. But I mean, Tanev gets bounced to that fourth line for sure, I think. And then, I mean, there's a scenario where Tatar could go... To the fourth line, which sounds bad considering his contributions, but if you think about Kraken last year, their fourth line was actually uh, a fourth line that played kind of third line minutes. So it's it's probably not that big of a demotion, if you will, uh, because all of a sudden they can use that fourth line like they did last year, and and not just do the six seven minutes. And when when these guys come back,
2: one thing I'll also be watching, in addition to this factor, is what does the Wenberg line look like because. In the last game, it was McCann, Tanev, and Wenberg. And I didn't just total eye test, but that group didn't seem to click totally for me. And maybe it will moving forward. Um, But, you know, when you get back Schwartz, maybe Burakovsky, these are guys that have worked with Wenberg, worked well with Wenberg in the past. Um, Maybe you start to get a, a line there that's working. You combine that with a Beneers line that seems to be operating a high level with Tatar, and then you really have you really have something going. Not even to mention Had, the the three brothers there. I
1: was thinking about Burakovsky slotting in for Tanif on that line. Like, have they has Burakovsky ever played with Wenberg and or McCann? It doesn't seem like they really have. Have they?
0: I, I don't remember
1: and, that. Maybe they have, but in my mind, it, like Burakovsky
2: and McCann are kind of similar players in the sense that maybe you want to. It's interesting. It's
1: just an interesting line. Yeah. Because you don't want to split the other two lines up. That's right.
0: Right. Uh, uh, I would just like to remind you guys that the sick play we talked about earlier was McCann not, and I, Wenberg. It,
1: well, I, I want to Tanev remind you, you that ahead. Curtis <laughs> is the one that said he w- didn't like that line or he's I, like, I, I, I didn't, I, never, I, I didn't yeah. like the line, but it was a good play. I, Cause I, but if you take somebody, out, Tanev is the one that moves out and slots in. It's an interesting line, right, that that I don't think those guys have really played against with each other that much in their cracking lifetime. Uh, but I like it because um, you get two goal scorers with Wenberg who doesn't shoot, right? And all of a sudden you have – it could be a pretty interesting combination. Your choices get hard though because uh, yeah. then you think Schwartz, where's Schwartz? Fourth line? See, yeah, that's, that's where I think he yeah. goes in for Tartar. Yeah. But then you yeah. don't want to break that line up. We got a lot of of stuff we're dealing with here,
0: right? I know this is
2: life's coming at us fast. (laughs) Uh, This is a better conversation to be having
0: than uh, how much
2: can you trade uh, Jordan Eberle for? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: But you know, I was just thinking too, like if you do bump somebody like that to a fourth line spot, like now all of a sudden you have four scary lines, right? And like I was thinking about scary, but like good lines. Wow, if you have a a Tatarkovsky or a Tatar. But the problem is Tatar had to get out of Colorado because he was on the fourth line, right? So, like, he's really working right now in the top-line role with Baneers and Eberle. He's helped those two players start to turn their seasons around. So, yeah, you don't break them up. But I'm thinking about it more like maybe you just create, like, a top-line, quote-unquote, which is those three guys just kind of by default. But then you have three lines that are all just three line, rolled no, two line, evenly. the evenly. You know, yeah. there's no – true fourth line i mean there's there's something there i think they're man they're like it's crazy that they went from like oh my god this team can't score to oh they're gonna be too deep next week like you know uh or whenever these guys start to come back but enough about that yeah uh, let's move down on the farm Moo! we have a few world junior championship updates from our wjc correspondent curtis Izaki. curtis what's the latest from the WJC
2: yeah so um Ty since we last recorded Ty Nelson was added to the Team Canada roster which is a fun little surprise uh for him I guess he was at a he was with his family at a uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game I guess they're big Steelers fans when he found out uh not too deep into the tailgate thankfully uh but he went uh, straight back to Toronto, got on a plane and over to Sweden. So he's with the team and has picked up uh, two assists and two Canada wins so far. So good on him. That that was some good news after the tough news of Jagger Furcus not making it. But so Nelson is on the Canada roster. Carson Rakoff has two goals uh, for Team Canada as well. They look pretty strong. Uh, they have two wins so far. And then I think the other Big news is uh, Edward Chalet had a uh, had a hat trick for Czechia in one of their games. So
1: that's pretty good. What do you think, yeah. John? You were you were watching it closely. I, I don't want to say I'm like I'm, I'm excited they're scoring, right? But both Chalet and Rakoff's goals came against kind of inferior opponents, and so you want to see how they do against some some of the more challenging teams. Um, but it's always nice to see them get on the score sheet in general. It's also just fun to see them out there and watching world juniors world juniors is I I don't know it doesn't seem like it's been that exciting so far I mean Canada hasn't played Sweden uh U.S. still needs to play Czechia which should should be their top opponent in their bracket so
0: man U.S.'s bracket stinks huh it
1: does I mean and like we don't really talk about it but like Russia's not in the tournament right and you know if Russia's in the tournament all of a sudden there's you know obviously another top tier team and somebody needs to play them. So I think that's what's kind of takes away from like that, why that bracket looks so light. I mean, you know, Slovakia is good. I should you know, shouldn't take anything away. They, they've got two wins so far. So they're good. Shout but out y- to Tuna, right? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Tuna. But <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean, you got a down year from Finland, it seems so far, yeah. right? A down year from Finland, and then the bracket starts to look a little thinner without Russia in there, right? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, this thing doesn't really heat up until the kind of the metal rounds anyway. Um, you know, it's really a question of seeding and who gets the top seed. It looks like US and Canada well, I should say US is probably gonna get the top seed in their group and then it's gonna come down to Canada or Sweden, which is gonna be a great game and Sweden is kind of the favored to win the tournament so i would never count out canada but to your point curtis finland has dropped off they've they're actually 0-2 so far so uh not a good showing for them
0: all right uh we are not going to move on to our segments instead uh we're going to spare you goalie gear corner this week because we're about to talk goalie masks (laughs) the next 20 minutes john and i chatted with shifty here he is uh our interview with shifty We now welcome on to Sound of Hockey, a very special guest. We invited him on by popular recommendation from a mutual friend. He is the mask painter to the stars, and by stars, I mean Joey Decord and others. Uh, He is Shifty. Welcome to the show, Shifty. Thanks so much for joining us today.
3: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, First off, is Shifty your real name?
3: Mm, You would think so, but no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where did that name come from?
3: Uh, So my... I used to, my business used to be called Out of Control Designs, and then there's some stuff going on with that, so I changed it to, it was Shifty Illusions, which you can see, um, and then everybody just started calling me Shifty, and I'm like, you know what, man, I'm just going to shorten this thing up, so I got rid of the illusions, and it's just straight and Shifty now, I meant you talk to Joey, it's always Shifty, and that's literally like 99% of the people that... I deal with
0: well so what is shifty like refer to is that uh is that a motorcycle thing or just uh like how'd you land on that
3: that was a pretty cool name just because of uh you know certain paint colors you know the color shift and i was like ah, it's kinda, that's kind of that's kind of catchy and it's different and everybody always went by like either something designs or graphics and i was like i did not want to do that when i started so um yeah i just thought shifty was kind of catchy and very different
0: yeah, I agree, and it does uh, it does align with your your work pretty nicely because a lot of your stuff does have those colors that shift from one to the next. So, um, I, you know, I know goalie masks, and obviously, we're a hockey podcast. Um, goalie masks are not like the primary medium for you, but I'm curious about kind of your story and just how you got into this. I feel like it's such a unique niche. Um, can you kind of walk us through how you how you got to this point?
3: Yeah, so I grew up racing dirt bikes. Um... here in california um in the early 90s all the way until i don't know probably 99 early 2000s and uh, when i got done with that i was always a fan of having my helmets painted i was always a fan of you know everybody else having helmet painted i was just always attracted to that got a hold of some of my old racing buddies and you know they gave me their helmets and i haven't quit since
1: so where's the connection to hockey come like uh were you always connected to hockey
3: no so my first year painting, um, obviously we have the, it's now the Edmonton Oilers AHL team here, the Bakersfield Condors. Um, so I somehow got hooked up with them and, um, yeah, I mean, I just painted my very first helmet and surprisingly, you know, it's just, I kept going and going and, you know, that was back when it was the West coast hockey league. Right. So, and then obviously, you know, uh, my buddy, he's now my buddy, um, Kevin St. Pierre, he, he moved on, you know, he went to Tulsa, went to Fort Wayne and all those places and just kind of took me with him. And, you know, as more people came to Bakersfield to play, I got hooked up with them and it's just kind of just, that's kind of how the hockey thing grew.
1: And it seems like hockey helmets are so different than kind of your traditional motocross or, you know, sprint race car uh, helmets, because of the different curves creases and in the goalie mass itself and the little holes, uh, can you talk us about some of the detailed techniques that you use to kind of make those come to life using the kind of the goalie canvas, if you will?
3: I actually think they're easier, um, oh, wow. because uh, uh, you know I mainly do goalie masks and sprint sprint car guys. I mean that's race car helmets. I mean that's those are my two main things. Um, but with a sprint car helmet, it's completely round. You have vent holes up front, and you have all these different. It's kind of a little bit difficult where the goalie mass, the sides are completely flat. Mm. you know the bower has a little bit of some ridges which is what joey wears some of them like the Warwicks, are kind of smooth up top so they're actually easier to lay design work down the only thing you have to really do is is worry about the the ear holes because you know and that's part of the problem i had with the winter classic mass was you know aligning all that stuff and and not cutting anything off of you know with the the ear holes so i actually think Goalie master are probably my favorite thing to do, and they're probably one of the – they're the most detailed, but they're also the easiest.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: wow. Well, and the detail part is what I think makes it so cool, and it's so – like, hockey is so buttoned up as a sport, right? You have to be just, like, part of the team. You kind of look like you're part of an army out there. Everybody's wearing the same thing, same colors, and it's such a cool thing that like, it's always just been allowed. Like the goalie can express himself however he wants with this one piece of equipment, you know, and nobody else could do that. And it's gotta be a pretty cool thing to like really get to know the personalities of some of the guys that you're working with. Am I right on that?
3: Yeah. You kind of, I mean, over the years, you kind of learn what guys like, what they don't like. Um, I mean, funny story when Joey went to Seattle, I mean, automatically I'm trying to do, um, Oh, what's his name from Parts Like David, David Jones, and he was like, absolutely not. And I'm like, what? Like that's the perfect idea. And he's <laughs> afraid of David Jones, I guess, because he's you know he's younger than I am. So I mean, he was a little t- <laughs> that came out, so it always freaked him out. And then, so I mean, you just learn working with guys when you start working with them so long, you kind of learn what they like, what they don't like. Um, you know, but for the most part, most of them are pretty easy and they trust me.
1: So what about the mask? It got released in August, I think, of this this year. It's the nighttime mask with, I think it's a silhouette of Davey. Is that is that right? Or is it a silhouette of uh, um, Jack Sparrow?
3: Yeah. Well, so my original plan, I actually talked him into doing Davey Jones uh, this year on that mask. But we were going to do Davey Jones and I was going to do... Um, what's the one that always had the monkey the other guy but there was a little bit of pushback from up above and uh just because of the whole jack or uh, uh not jack sparrow that's his real name johnny depp issues like well let's do david jones anyways and he's like nope if jack sparrow's not on it we're not doing it that's why we just did the silhouette
0: oh okay okay all right how did you get connected with joey in the first place
3: uh it's kind of a funny story i was actually thinking about this the other day and it's it's a little long but so i shorten it up i i my buddy john loner when he went to um as the equipment manager to asu he called me and was like hey you want to be our exclusive painter and i'm like yeah i'm in let's go like that's cool and so joe was there and he already had a mask done so i did all the other guys and then when the story goes when joey's seen their masks he's like well why is their math better than mine? <laughs> so we went through that year, and then the following year is when me and Joey linked up. So it would have been his, what was his junior year, I think. So I mean, it's basically connections from there. But yeah, so I've been doing it ever since. So you guys, do you guys know Chris steerwalt He's the assistant equipment manager for you guys.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, yes. I know okay, yeah, you know. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, from Bakersfield. Re-
1: oh, okay. That makes so
3: checks out. We- we actually started with the Condors around the same time. I actually think it was the same year. And uh, so he went to the KHL with in Croatia. He hooked me up with former um, uh, Preds goalie, um, Mark Dekanich. So then Dex became one of my good buddies and clients. And then when he left the KHL, he went to, he signed with Washington as like a a depth goalie, got sent Mm to the KHL with, south carolina stingrays is what and that's john Lawner was the uh equipment manager back then for them he fell in love with my work then he left and then he went to asu called me at asu hooked me up with joey and now Uh, joey battle with chris
1: oh right right that's funny that's so funny
3: (laughs) it went full circle within you know that's probably eight years
0: Yeah. yeah wow Hockey is such a small world. It's funny how people tend to cross paths over and over again um, through the years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier the the baseball card mask that you're doing for the Winter Classic or that you did for the Winter Classic, I should say. Um, I think back to I tried to do a self-portrait in uh, elementary school. And it lives on in family lore, like with my family, because like my eyes and ears were in like the wrong place. Like it looked it was really bad, like really, really bad. And, um, you know, I see like not only are you painting these baseball cards onto like a flat surface, but as John mentioned earlier, like, you know, it's a it is a curved surface with ridges and holes and stuff like that. I mean, what can you talk us through, like some of the details of the techniques for like making those baseball cards look like actual pictures. Like how do you actually do that on a goalie mask?
3: So they're actually not painted. Oh. That's that's the whole that was the whole thing behind the mask is like taking the legit rookie cards and putting them on the helmet oh. or on the mask. It actually it gives it a, a you know, it's a different authentic look. Like it stands out. I have paint versus that. So they're actually they're printed. Um I print them on a special paper, clear coat them and then put them on on the mask, and then clear coat over them. So they're actually copies of the legit rookie cards.
0: Oh, that's super wow. cool.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so just the technology these days is so insane when it comes to stuff like this that you can do these type of things. So, I mean, yeah, you could paint them, I and mean, it would take forever. You just wouldn't get that authentic rookie card look. Uh, there's no way. I mean, you'd have to. I mean, maybe I'm, there's some guys that could probably pull it off and, and do it pretty good. I mean, there's some pretty – airbrushers out there but i mean that small i'm mean, them like they're the actual size everything to spec
0: yeah and otherwise i mean are you are you doing things like freehand if you're you know if you're painting the water on on joey's mask for I, example is that freehand or do you like put a stencil on there like how does that work
3: all freehand it's all um i mean basically just I mean, there's certain tricks you can use you know like a, a business card there's you know there's cut out um shapes stencils for like getting certain curves Mm -hmm. um but for the most part i mean it's all it's all freehand work, just airbrushing this layers over layers over layers of color and then if you screw up then what (laughs) that's the good thing about you know custom helmet work is if you do screw up you can always go back over and put something over it whereas Mm -hmm. if like the collision world for automotive you're really matching one color and if you screw that up it stands out like you know a green hat with orange bill. <laughs> I mean, it's just so noticeable. Well, now it's with all the custom work, and they're so busy, it's very easy to hide stuff.
1: So, you know, it, hearing you talk about it, you know, you you are an artist. Like, were you always an artist as a kid? Like, is yeah, that- I
3: was, yeah, I like to do canvas work and you know stuff like that. Like, it was always fun. I was always drawing or or trying to paint with like acrylics and whatnot. And um, you know, I grew up. In the motocross industry so back then tattoos were getting big so you'd have guys like mike mexter and you know he's fully uh, tattooed and it's done and everything and i'm like 14 years old telling my parents when i turn 18 that's me <laughs> and they're like no way and then here we are now and yep yeah. <laughs> yeah so art's always i mean i mean it's everything it's canvas work um helmets anything art related i've always been like you know it's always caught my eye
1: yeah for sure We don't even know where to start uh, designing a helmet. So speaking of the start, um, you know, how how does this process work when you can use Joey or or any client kind of reaches out to you? What's the process like, you know, I'm sure the summer there's probably a a little element of planning. You know, they want four, maybe four helmets throughout the season. And, you know, they got these tentpole like the winter classic. Like, how does that how does that how does that start off? How does that process uh, get kicked off?
3: So my business, I, I run a little bit different than most everybody else. Um, I am not open to the public. I It's like a members-only club. I have certain companies, certain schools, certain clients that I work with, and those are the only ones that I work with. So I've worked with them for years on years on years. So, I mean, hmm. we got a working relationship like Joey. I mean, Joey really, he leaves it in the hands of me for the most part, I would say. I mean, the only thing he's really worried about is Sparky. <laughs> um, it, number one, thanks Sparky. Um, and the three flags on the back of the back plate, right. up, like, what do you got for me? And I'll throw him ideas around and he'll either, you know, we, we tweak them when it's not just me completely at that point. I mean, obviously I throw him ideas and kind of work together and tweak things. And it's the same thing with my sprint car guys. I come up with ideas. I've worked with them for years. So I know what they like, what they what they don't like. And I throw them ideas and they go, cool, go for it. In my life easy because a lot of guys have to do renderings and draw stuff and send it off to the customer and then they got to nitpick it and then you got to change stuff and I've never done that because for me it's like if I'm doing that I'm wasting time I can right. always I can right. be paying and all my stuff is locked up inside and it sounds crazy because it's just it's a mental way to do things but all I mean I can see something done before I even start started uh, hmm. Sparky okay. kind of
0: got promoted on this winter classic mask he's kind of front and center now How do you think he feels about that?
3: Well, I had to – I make it hard every year. (laughs) So it's like – and with the baseball cards on the side, it's like I really couldn't hide it anywhere else. So I'm like, well, we got the trees. Let's throw it up on top. Make it easy. It's kind of of throwing the fans a bone there.
0: (laughs)
1: Making it easy on us,
3: yeah.
0: There was one that came out. I forget which mask it was, but I was like really looking for it in all the pictures. And I was like, I can't find him. I truly can't find him. I spent like a good five minutes looking for Sparky.
1: What's like the typical turnaround um, from, you know, like when maybe Joey approves like, yeah, go for it. Like, how long does it take you to kind of put the mask together?
3: Uh, usually it only takes, I mean, I can probably get the thing done in a week and a half, two weeks. That wow. uh, one took a little bit longer just because he was he actually went to a I don't know who he went to. He found a card, a baseball card guru up there. Found out what the top rookie cards were, whether it was selling or the most popular. And those are the ones that he wanted to use. So that was the holdup. I kept texting them, calling him, dude, you got my cards? What are we doing? <laughs> like this event's coming up and I do not want to be rushed. So let's get going here. And and he's like, Ah, I got a guy, I got a guy. And of course, he was on the road, so I mean, he wasn't calling them then, but sent me all the. This is who we were wanting to use. And
1: what's uh, what's your setup at home like? Do you have a a big collection of helmets that you've you've completed and done like, and like has Joey ever like given you a helmet back? Because man, oh, I love those, and I would have like I would buy those used, and they would be on display in my house, like because they're so amazing. But do you have any at home?
3: Oh yeah, I got my whole house is full. Like I got. <laughs> I got cases, glass cases full. I got them hanging on my wall. I got them. I got skateboards that have been painted, canvases. I mean, in my it's yeah, it's a bachelor's pad, Let me tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a little All bit right, of a cool. tough sell, right? Like, hey, uh, honey, I love your interior design ideas, but I'm gonna put this sporting equipment in every corner of the house. You good with that?
3: <laughs> I mean, I literally have. I mean, if I had to count, I probably have just like 25 sitting in my living room. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's super oh, cool. Amazing. You should be
0: really proud. It's uh it's incredible work that you do. Um last one for you Shifty. This has been super interesting stuff. Um thank you so much for joining us. Uh but just generally here, doesn't matter what sport uh that you're working on, what would you say is your favorite either helmet or mask that you've done in your career? Do you have one?
3: Oh man, that's a tough one. Helmet or mask that I've done. Uh man, I we've done some pretty cool ones with the Sprint Car World. Um I don't know if you guys are familiar with NASCAR, but at the time, Kyle Larson, he won the championship a couple years ago for NASCAR. He owned a sprint car team, and my buddy drove for him. And their car was white, gold, and black. So we did some pretty cool military stuff. Um, we did one that was like it was like a old fighter jet, and it was like gold and bronze, and it had pipes coming out with fire. And it was just those military ones are pretty cool. But as far as mask, I mean, done some pretty cool ones for ASU. Uh uh-huh. those were pretty cool and then obviously i'm mean, the pat tillman one i mean if i don't know if you guys I saw that one that one is awesome by the
1: way that is incredible
3: military so i mean anything military for me i think is pretty cool especially when you get to honor a guy like pat tillman i mean i was i was yeah i was all over that one so th- those ones that have a little bit of meaning like that i think always tend to be the favorites just because they mean a little bit more the winter classic one for me is big just because of what it is i mean i Like I told Joey, when he first, you know, played his first game in the NHL, it was with Ottawa, and he was still wearing his ASU stuff. I mean, for me, I was stoked because when I started this, my whole goals, I had two goals, see a helmet in the NHL on TV and see one of my guys win the World of Outlaw, you know, races with one of my helmets on. And I've done that in double digits now. And so seeing Joey, like, so now it's like it took me 20 years to, to get to that point in the NHL. And then now to see Joey doing it like basically on a nightly basis so yeah. and to do the winter classic, I mean, for me, that's, it, it's massive. So we actually talked about the other night and I just said, Hey man, I appreciate everything you've done and sticking with me. And so, I mean, very grateful. Yeah. yeah. It's great that's, I, I mean, it's so cool. And I,
0: I was actually thinking about that too, that like you, you are seeing your uh, like your artwork on a massive, massive stage. And now the, I mean, yeah, the winter classic and he, it's looking like he's probably going to play it. I mean, Philip Grubauer is hurt. So um, he's going to be, have that mask on full display for the whole world. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool stuff. So Uh, congratulations, Shifty. Thank you so much for, for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, I found it very enlightening. I am a goalie myself. So um, I always wondered about some of the finer details of how these things happen um, behind the scenes. So I really, really appreciate the insight. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: No problem. Thanks for having me
0: anytime. All right. Thank you again to Shifty for popping on with us. Uh, Very fun to chat with him. Um, And, you know, I felt like I learned something, John. Did you feel that way? Like, you were kind of, yeah. It was, it was informative. Like, more informative, I think, than I kind of expected it it to be, too. I was like, oh, yeah, I never really thought about that. Like, that.
3: It it was a lot
1: of fun to just hear about his journey, too. Like, we've talked about, particularly early on when we didn't even have a franchise, we'd talk about people's journeys and stuff like that. And Shifty has his own journey into hockey, you know, and he's a hockey fan, so it's kind of fun to just hear it. And he was very... Very forthcoming. I thought it was a pretty cool interview.
0: I agree. Um, yeah, maybe we will talk to him again in the future. Let us know if you guys liked that. I think uh, it's a pretty different interview from what we normally do. But, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I thought, I, like I said, I, yeah. th- I learned something. So let's move on to our weekly one-timers. Our first weekly one-timer. Ethan Bear has finally signed a contract with whom? John. Uh,
1: the Washington Capitals. Uh, it seems like that they were the odds-on favorite for a while. And some... Part of me seems to think, and maybe we talked about this, Darren, is that all of a sudden there was a lot of hype around Ethan Bear? Where's Ethan Bear going to sign? It was like, why does everybody all of a sudden care about Ethan Bear? If this was in July, it would just be another signing, right? We love Ethan Bear, former Seattle yep. Thunderbird. We totally love him. But to think he's like this coveted free agent is, is a little sketchy, right? He's coming off an injury, which is why he hasn't signed until now. And we're excited for
0: him. But at the same time, like this isn't like a huge uh, needle mover, if you will. Totally. Uh, our next weekly one-timer, the Kraken are getting sued for what, Curtis? <laughs> um, it, it, uh, yeah, the story is way too light, way too light of a delivery yeah. of that.
2: No, you know, we don't really know what it's going to be yet. But a story broken in the Seattle Times today was that there's a lawsuit filed in federal court trademark infringement suit uh, by, the, by the owner of the Metropolitan's trademark Um Alleging that the uh, Kraken gear and I think in particular the S used on the Winter Classic jerseys too closely resemble the Metropolitans logo and therefore um, infringes that logo and should be you know the person is asking for for various relief based on that but anyway uh, that you know it's just at the complaint stage so it's just one side of the story uh, but allegedly uh, there was a back and forth. With the Kraken about whether the Kraken would reach a deal with this individual to use the Metropolitan's marks directly or some, you know, some new version of them for the Winter Classic. There wasn't a deal. The Kraken went in this direction instead uh, to develop this new jersey. uh, But the individual says, oh. Nope, wasn't, you know, still, it looks like a Metropolitan's jersey to me infringes the Metropolitan's logo. So this is something that'll play out in court over time. But it doesn't seem to me like there's any realistic possibility. You know, this isn't going to affect the the crack and being able to use the jersey, but
1: I mean, like, the S's don't look anything alike. Do they? Do you? I mean, this is the
2: thing that's going to be litigated. It, that, that's what these cases uh, turn into. It's like, is there any confusion? And, you know, I, I think that the person probably has some, you know, the holder of the Metropolitan's mark probably can get some sense of a toehold just in that, you know, I don't think the Kraken have been saying it directly necessarily, but a, a lot of the kind of media talk around these jerseys is, oh, what an homage to the Metropolitans or, oh, isn't this great? This looks like the Metropolitans. Right. And the person will probably, you know, make yeah. leverage that. Um, but I agree they're different. Um, that's But that's what these cases come down to. Is there going to be, you know, is there going to be confusion?
0: Is it going to, you know, does it infringe a previously trademarked mark? So
2: yeah, something for the cracker to things. deal with.
0: Yeah, two things. One, I just wanted to be known that I permanently live my entire life in the just in the complaint stage, um, <laughs> as you said there. And two, I was holding on to that joke for a while. By the way, that one was yeah, just yeah, that was sitting tough. A lot of legal talk there, marinating for you to get through. And you know, that's one of those where like it's it's got to be a pretty timely joke. Like I got to get that out pretty fast, <laughs> you know. And I didn't. That was like five minutes. Yeah, it was too that long. went by. Yeah. Um, the other one, speaking of not that timely jokes, um, I was going to come back and say, like, oh, no, it looks nothing like the Metropolitan's uniform. And that was going to be it. Be it
1: <laughs> well, two votes for they don't look alike. So, well,
0: I
3: think, And I
1: think the Iron Man actually had the, the Iron Man name throughout the letter as well. Mm. So spelled out similar to how the Kraken is. Um mm. So if that's what he's claiming is similar, it's very similar to the Iron Man, but whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, we'll fun. see how it goes. We'll, we'll continue to yeah. monitor it. Our Better legal them correspondent. than me. That's yep. what I say. Yeah. Sure. Yeah it's a it's a very exciting story yeah Um, (laughs) no matter (laughs) Uh, our next weekly one timer uh, an update on some old people Uh, first off Yarmir Yager has in fact made his uh, season debut for Kladno uh, the team that he owns Uh, so he is 51 years old he is still playing professional hockey interestingly this does actually have an impact on his Hall of Fame status because every time that he does this his uh, ability to get into the Hall of Fame pushes back another year every time he plays a professional season because i think what is it like six or seven years of retirement i forget how long it's supposed to be before you're eligible for was is five but
1: what, six, oh, maybe seven, it's five whatever
0: in any case now he can't do it for another five years so yeah which is similar i keep saying um my wife and i keep saying we're gonna get a dog in five years <laughs> but then we just continue to say that we've been saying that for like 10 years now so smart um, we're gonna get smart. one yeah yep in five years Another old person, Nikolai Javi Bulin, 51 also? Yes. Wow. Has signed a contract, John? Uh, Allegedly with
1: Torpedo of the the KHL. Now, Hmm. it's unclear. I saw like some translated meeting. It's something to help their financial standing and get more attention for the team. Okay. I don't know if that means he's going to play or it's just like, I don't know, he shows up and sits on the bench or I don't don't know what he signs autographs. I don't know. But yeah, lots of lots of interesting stuff going on in Russia right now. So is there? Yeah, I don't know.
0: I wouldn't know, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Those are our weekly one-timers. We close the show with our tweets of the week. Curtis, you have a tweet of the week? No, no tweets of the week this week. Happy holidays, everyone. I got one. (laughs) I got one.
1: Happy holidays. John, tweet of the week. Uh, So we are recording this Thursday night, and the Vegas Golden Knights are playing the LA Kings, and Jack Eichel ripped a shot for a goal to open, open the scoring for the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Gold Knights Twitter tweeted, stat, Jack Eichel has recorded at least one goal in every game he's ever scored in. <laughs> uh, Interesting.
0: Okay. Um, that put my brain in a pretzel. I didn't like it. Mine comes from Rob Cutmore, who... And wait, hold on. This is a pro
1: uh, Rob Cutmore podcast, by the way.
0: Yeah. Very good. Do you good. know Rob Cutmore? No, I, I don't, don't think
1: I've ever met Rob. I don't think so. But lots of good co- correspondence over the years. I'd I'd like to think so.
0: Very good correspondence, and also Nicole Cutmore. Is that just a coincidence that they're both called Cutmore? I do doubt you think it. it is not. Okay, the Cutmores
1: hang in packs.
0: I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Anyway, so Alexander Georgiev completely lost his mind uh, and <laughs> slammed his stick against the wall after the uh, Colorado avalanche lost in overtime this week to the Arizona coyotes. And it's a great video. There's people in the front row that are like, Oh my God, like a a nice looking family. Um, And he's slamming his stick against the boards, trying to break it and failing. And they're like very taken aback. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Anyway, uh, he retweeted the video of that and said there's something extra hilarious about throwing a tantrum like this while wearing the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer mask. <laughs> and this, John, is the mask oh, yes. that uh, yeah. we had on Goalie Gear Corner. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. And you were, like, calling shenanigans because we hadn't seen the real mask. Well, here it is in all of its glory, and it's made Alexander Georgiev <laughs> completely lose his mind. So there you
1: go. I love
0: it. A I, I love
1: that
2: this episode we said we skipped goalie your corner and it was an interview with Shifty and it still made it into tweet of the week. So
1: there oh, we go. you know what we haven't talked about what the
0: weekly wager? Oh, oh. yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, we decided oh, that was a bi-weekly anyway. Oops, but, <laughs> good way to close it out for realsies yep. here. What is the so remind me what we even picked? We had we drafted most one points. player, yeah, uh, by
1: a Kraken <clears throat> and Darren, you had. Tomas Tatar. Tatar. Curtis had Maddie, and I had Vince Dunn. Okay. And how did we do? Uh, I won because Vince Dunn, uh, Dunn had the most points over that stretch of game since our last podcast. On the whole team, right? Yeah. And it was fun because there was one game where the three of them scored on two different goals, like had a point on two different goals. It was it was the Anaheim game. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was really fun, uh, and it wasn't until the Calgary game that Dunn kind of separated from on the Yamamoto
0: goal. So We picked well. We did all pick well. All three of us. Yeah. Yeah. All three of us did well, but um, I'm disappointed that you won. So yeah, now are we, I, I, where are we at? So now you have $3, you, you $3 owe, dollars from each of us? Well, yeah. You got to pay up, suckers. Uh, Man, this segment's getting expensive. So can catch here, me. Here's, here's just a quick proposal. Canada. I'm so, dropping this.
1: <laughs> he's gonna he's, he's gonna, gonna pay him Canadian, Canadian dollars. Canadian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the new new challenge. I'm throwing it on you guys. Let me know if you're okay with it. Goal scores in the winter classic. Okay. Kraken goal scores. Darren, you can draft
0: first. Okay, I'm gonna go with Jaden Schwartz. No, I'm just kidding. Um I will go with Jared McCann's gonna get one. All right, Curtis, you wanna go? I'll go with uh,
2: Oliver Bjorkstrand. I think oh growing up, you know, wood skates outdoors. Seems, skates. Like, seems like a good... <laughs> he's seems not like Dutch. A good... <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? He's Danish. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I I don't know. He's, he seems to like rise to the moment though. You know, he's had a couple really late game goals, some clutch goals. Just seems like big event you know, in the playoffs. Big event Bjorkstrand shows up, so.
1: Alright, I guess that leaves me. I'm gonna go with Matty Veneers. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, and if right. same rules apply, if if two guys score and it's tied, then it pushes to the next week.
0: Ooh, or the first one to score. No.
2: Okay. <laughs> your input has been heard and rejected, no. Darren. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and that wraps up episode 267 of the Sound of Hockey podcast. <laughs> Please write your review on Apple Podcasts and we will read it on the next episode it's gotta be five stars by the way uh and subscribe there subscribe uh google podcast subscribe wherever you normally subscribe to your podcasts and uh yeah and uh check out our patreon patreon.com slash sound of hockey yeah and that's about it uh enjoy the winter classic uh, it's going to be a blast.
0: Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be
3: forgotten and day of old anxiety?